your favorite breakfast? Like, if you could think about one. You only had one breakfast and you had to have it the rest of your life. What would it end up being? Um, that depends. How many courses? Nope, one course. It literally has to fit on one plate. I can fit a lot of things on one plate. Great, then make make your thing fit on one plate. My favorite breakfast is a mixed plate. I have hash browns and over easy eggs and then if I have pancakes or french toast or a waffle it doesn't matter which one just one of those things with syrup like I have to have the this, this sweet and the savory I don't need like a, I don't need bacon or ham or any or sauce I don't like sausage really but mm-hmm. no matter what like anytime we go anywhere those are always the things that I choose if we make something at home that's like my like the best thing Every once in a while, I'll like defer from things like that. Like I'll get go on a bagel streak, but it's that's all it ever is. It's a short little streak. So <sighs> hash browns over easy eggs, so I can mix them up with the <laughs> uh, Tabasco sauce and ketchup. So it's just this sludgy pile of gross, but it tastes amazing. It depends. Mm. If I made it at home, I don't add salt and pepper because when I cook it, like when I make the hash browns, mm-hmm. I put garlic powder and uh, Lowry seasoning salt on it, and so then it's it's got flavor. <laughs> but no, I I could eat that every day for forever and be satisfied. Mm-hmm, I accept that, especially because I really introduced you to it. But I could literally have my omelet every day, and I'm, and be done and be good. You haven't made it in a while, Mm-mm. though. I haven't. I, I, okay, so here's something psychologically to understand about me. If I don't feel like I'm successful or succeeding in something, I won't give myself rewards. When was the last time you saw me eat a piece of chocolate? I don't keep track of when you Yeah, eat. you do. You, you see when I, but you see when I do that stuff. You, when was the last time that you saw me buy myself a treat? Period. Well, does it count when you send somebody else to buy you it? Because no. then the ice cream the no. other day. Yeah, that. But no, that that kind of stuff doesn't count because that's stuff I'm just like, oh well, if we're gonna, if you're gonna get treats, then great. But I'm talking about when I specifically just get myself something or buy myself something to eat or get or have for me. And I don't know. Let's see, so I'm one of those that I'm I'm that whole reward system type person. Like if I did a good job and I want to go get me something then I'll have to have done something. And that's just kind of where I'm at. So I've always been that way. So I don't make my omelet as much as I love my omelet. I do. I absolutely love my omelet. It's it's a great omelet. And the fact that I can make that omelet in less than a half hour you know, is, is a good thing. But I, I would eat that every day. I just, I keep feeling like, nope, not 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 good enough today so I'm not gonna have that or I didn't do good enough yesterday or whatever it was and so I just don't treat myself so and that's that's just where I'm I am and I know it's not always the right thing and I don't always say it, and I actually don't say, talk about it at all because I don't want to be no you're fine when it's like I know what it motivates me and I know that it gets me up to to want to do things so and, you know, giving myself those rewards saying, hey, I do want this at the end of the week. So, you know what? I got to I got to work. I didn't have any alcohol this weekend at all. You know, and it's like you made me you made me a drink on Thursday. Right. Or was that Friday? That was Friday. OK, so that was it. But, you know, I didn't feel like treating myself at 
any point. But that's just that's just where I am. Everybody's different, and mine is like that's how I kind of self motivate myself. So I'm hoping this week my arm where I uh, pulled my tendon, I'm hoping that that's better, and I'll be able to work out more this week and be able to be on top of my diet. And I'll go grocery shopping after we're done here and try to give everybody a good happy dinner and be able to uh, make this week awesome. So because this is our last full week for the girls and then we got to get ready to endure uh, two and a half weeks of holiday stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is going to make recording sense. all that much more difficult. So and if you guys hear anything in the background, we apologize. But with that said, good afternoon and welcome to the afternoon dive with a uh, stupid podcast on everything. And I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and this is where we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. So how are we starting today? Well, I've got two different Reddit things for us today. One from r slash Petty Revenge, and then I've got a question from r slash Ask Reddit, and so I'm going to read some of the replies. Okay. But we'll start with the Petty Revenge. Um, This is from user Camamad1. Okay. And it's titled, I quit my job before they could fire me. Okay. I've done that. So, I found out I was getting fired from my job. I am a mortgage underwriter by profession. With the way the economy is, I got laid off in June. I found a new job in August, but I really wasn't into it. Unlike my previous position, there wasn't any formal training at all. Just a quick Zoom call with the previous person at my position. They also hired me a month before a massive deadline and gave me very little guidance on how to proceed. I had reservations about taking the role. It was a much lower salary than I had, and benefits sucked, but it was work from home, and the salary would be enough to cover my expenses. In the first month leading up to the deadline, I really tried. I stayed late into the night finishing projects, getting familiar with the financials, and trying to learn on my own. After that, I checked out of the job. I felt like they didn't care enough about this position to invest resources into structured training and expected me to figure it out on my own. Then why would I care? The last couple of months passed with me going thought the... going throughout the motions. Last week, big blow up. There was an error in the big project I completed in the first month. I fixed it, but another error on a different task. This one, I know for sure isn't my fault. There was an Excel sheet with the wrong formula, which led to the data being completely off. Hmm. Thing is, my boss told me specifically to change the existing formula to the one that was used. I remember because I thought that was weird, but didn't argue and did what I was told because at that point I didn't care. This week, a very, a very important and time-sensitive task was given to me. Tuesday, I'm on LinkedIn doing my customary scroll through available remote positions. I see my company posted a new position, mine. Mm. I took a lunch break and went for a drive to clear my head and get some Chipotle. I come back, email, email from my boss. After you're done, please compile a list of your responsibilities, the projects you worked on, and the resources you used. This was needed for HR for, quote-unquote, new record-keeping processes. Mm-hmm. So, to sum up, they worked me through the busiest time of the year with no training, were about to fire me, and have me compile training materials for my replacement. So I decided to quit. I didn't do the task and spent the next two days eating pecan pie and with coffee in front of my TV <laughs> catching up on some Netflix. At 1 p.m. on Thursday, I write a resignation email to all of the bigwigs. Immediately, my phone is blowing up. My boss goes into the usual song and dance. Why? How could you? This mm-hmm. is irresponsible. You're letting down the company and your coworkers. We have invested so much in you. You're supposed to give two week notice, etc. I pointed out to them that my offer letter, when they hired me, bolds and underlines the words at will, at will employment, wished them well, and hung up. 
Since then, I've gotten many more notes, texts, calls, and emails. I remain steadfast. Oh, I completely get that. I would, I understand. I had a company that, uh, to me, a company was called How Medica. Yep, that's a real company's name. They got sold to Stryker. They did um, uh, knee implants, uh, medical implants, and they were doing the distribution and sales of those implants. And I was sitting there working there, and they literally were setting me up to fire me. And I was like, mm, I see it coming, but I realized that they didn't know half of the stuff that I was doing, and they wanted me to come in there and start telling them how I was doing all the marketing so that they could take it out from under me. And they wanted to bring on a quote unquote assistant. And it was like the day that the assistant came in was the day that they turned on my computer and saw that I had quit. I wasn't going to play around that. So I, I don't blame you OP and there is no loyalty. I don't want anybody to ever think that that's just such junk. Mm. Companies aren't loyal to you. Nobody is loyal to you. When you die, when you leave this planet, people are going to feel bad and they're going to feel bad when they think about you and that's going to fade. You're at your funeral. People are going to be talking about where to go to eat and people are going to talk about whether or not to go to Olive Garden or Applebee's or whatever it is. So, no, you know what? The moment that you realize that they're trying to corner you out so that they can get rid of you, make it hurt. I yeah. say that I say that as somebody who's like, nope, you walk around on the high ground. Oh my gosh, why did you do that? I literally would have gone the other route. I've been like, well, Sharon, <laughs> maybe next time that you go to set me up to fire, you know, you go to set me up to fire me, maybe you should think about getting all that stuff from me beforehand and before you post my job on LinkedIn for something that you did in the first place. So it rolls downhill. But guess what? You're now at the bottom of that hill. I don't want to hear it. I don't work there anymore. So I'd straight out say, hey, if you want me to come in and you want me to do something for you, sure. I'll do it as a consultant. I charge $1,000 an hour as a consultant. So what do you have to add? Oh, I was going to read the top comment. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Sorry. It says companies love at-will employment until they get reverse Uno carded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, just a fun little fact, we found out that the most popular toy in the year you were born, if you were born in 1972, was indeed Uno. So that was kind of a cool thing that we learned today. So I <laughs> wanted to learn something new. I needed to. So what's our next one? So this one, like I said, from r slash ask reddit, from user artistic underscore pop underscore 3323. Okay. And it is, on the first date, what were some immediate red flags that made you not go on a second date? Mm. So this this one is the dude spent the whole date talking about how he used to sell cocaine. Wow. <laughs> how do you spend how do you spend a whole date doing that? How is that your highlight? <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I've been there. I've done it. I've been on the dark side of the world, but it's not something that I brag about. You pretty much had to drag it out of me to kind of get to know everything that was in my. Hey, it was, you know. I needed to survive world. Yeah, I can't you imagine would start being like talking about something and mm -hmm. then realize that that was during that time of your life and then kind of be like, eh, well, let's talk for a different time. And I'd be like, what? No. And so I finally got <laughs> sick of it and was like, no, tell me, tell me what this is, what yep. is going on. Literally cornered me for a timeline. And it yeah. was like, so we had to go through the timeline and everything. Cause I get it. It was like so hard to think that, you know, at the same time that I'm, you know, 
Well, I'll, I'll be honest. It was, you know, I was running drugs at the same time I was going to San Francisco ballet and, yeah, so. you know, and, and, uh, taking classes at the culinary Academy in San Francisco before, uh, it became uh, Le Cordon Bleu. So, I mean, I get it. The timelines were getting all kinds of weird. So I got cornered and like, we had to, I had to lay everything I was out. Confused. I understand. No, no, that's, and that's fine, but I don't brag about it. Oh yeah. No. Like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to talk to you on this date about how I got, you know, a company smuggled or basically stole a quarter million dollars from me. So let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> or do you want to hear about me being shot? You want me to talk about it? Which, which time? <laughs> I mean, for me, I've had red flag dates. I had one that we went to this, okay, it was a bunch of people that basically we kind of all met online. AOL used to have groups that people would meet and Sacramento had a group. And one of the girls that I was talking to in that group was like, she was cute. She was into me. I was like, great. And wanted to go to this event, went to this event. And the whole time we're at this event, her ex-boyfriend was there. And so she was using me as a tool to make him jealous. And I was like, she was lucky I gave her a ride home. And I've actually had dates where I didn't give uh, give women rides home. After that, I was like, mm, here, here's 20 bucks, call a taxi type situation. So, because I've had, you know, if you're going to sit in a date, don't talk about your crime the whole date. Don't talk about your exes the whole date. And don't talk, especially if you're going to talk about your exes, don't talk about how everybody else around you is screwed up, but you're fine. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. So... Yeah, red flags on dates. Yeah, if somebody's talking about how they used to deal cocaine all the time, one of two things. Either that's the highlight of their life and that's the best you're going to get out of them, so you need to think about that. Or they're still dealing cocaine mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're wanting to say, hey, so I used to do drugs. Um, <laughs> oh, one of my favorite comedians literally said, yeah, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. <laughs> so, you know, the same thing. But, man, no. So this next one is a few years ago. I met up with a guy at a bar, and, like, the entire time, he would not stop talking about how he couldn't wait to go to Russia and get a mail-order bride. What? <laughs> he literally told you you're the stepping stone. Like, hey, I'm going to be getting a mail-order bride, but for right now, you're here. And then this next one, she was still married and said she w just wanted to know if she'd be able to still get dates if they split up. Worst date ever. Wow. <laughs> he got arrested for shoplifting right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled out a switchblade mid-conversation to slice up a passing ant. An ant. <laughs> Ooh, that gets so close to home. Uh-uh. Okay. Men do not trust women who whip out knives and cutleries anywhere around your first dates. <laughs> this one says he was about 10 years older than his pictures. He didn't stop twitching the entire time, and he kept pressuring me to go back to his place. I noped the fuck out of there. Yeah, no shit. He What's an angel shot? <laughs> he told me he had worms, not in a casting, fishing, or terrarium kind of way. Full-on intestinal parasites. What the I went out for drinks with a guy who monologued the entire time. I could barely get a word in. Wow. He tried to change my order with the waitress because I didn't order what he'd recommended. 
that's awful. That is a terrible red flag. Yeah, no doubt. Oh my god, that's a control freak narcissist right there. Oi. This one, this one's terrible. Hmm. He brought his two-year-old along on our date. He then informed me he would be okay with me going out and partying for maybe one more year to get it out of my system. But after that, he'd expect me to settle down. Then went on a strange rant about how important it is for women to have their fun before becoming moms so they are ready to be homemakers. I was 19 and also was not aware he even had a kid beforehand. See, this is this is what made dating so easy for me. Just the level of crazy out there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This one says he stared at his phone the entire time. Then after we parted, he sent a comp sent a text complimenting my ass and then said we should go out again. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> and then uh, this one, it says, I'm an alcoholic. At the time, I had been sober for five years or so. The entire time, she just kept trying to neg me about it and to try to get me to drink. It was really weird. I didn't see her again. And then on Valentine's Day, she sent me a long message asking how I could reject her like that. Overall, very uncomfortable. Wow. You know... <laughs> People have things in their life that you just have to accept that is going to be a thing and you're not going to have an input on. And I, I think if more people lived that life and understood that, they'd do so much better. Like, okay, so we have Alan right now, and she just broke up with her boyfriend because, you know, something that happened to her that he wasn't getting that he wasn't going to get her past anytime soon by pressuring her about it. So... If if somebody's NA and they're clean and especially Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, let me tell you though, it if you can get that five year chip, and you you get those chips, more power to you. That is a level of self control that most people in this world don't have. And it's like if somebody sits there and they tell you, hey, this is something that's important to my life. Every time you try to pressure it, it just sounds like you're belittling them for where they're at. Period. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this ahead. one got two awards. This says went out with a girl who only talked about her ex-husband and his porn addiction. After listening for two hours about his Asian porn collection, I noped out of there hard. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> what the? Uh, this one date went fine, but on the drive back, he got into a road rage. He started blasting through red lights and speeding and yelling. I told him that I'm not putting my life in danger over a hissy fit from a grown ass man. Nope. What exactly put him into that road rage? That's, see, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I Like, are you sitting there just being critical of everything he's doing driving? Or is he just that kind of... And, and he's running red lights. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Bullets were dodged. That's all I can say. So then this one... <laughs> Met up with this guy from Tinder. After talking for a bit and having a coffee, he was like, Want to meet my kid? I felt totally put on the spot, and although I was cl clearly uncomfortable, I panicked and said I would. We went back to his place, and I met the kid. She was actually pretty cool. Then he sent her off to bed and proceeded to tell me that the mother of his child randomly dropped dead in their kitchen one day, and now his kid didn't have a mom. I looked around his place, and there were pictures of said dead mom everywhere. Wow. I told him it was getting late, and I was going to get going. Before I left, he asked if, I could, if he could stroke my stomach and pinch my ass. It was a very specific <laughs> and super odd request. I yeah. said no. The next day, he sent me a text asking if he would, if I would be willing to babysit his kid, not even asking me on a second date, just asking hell? for childcare. Wow. How do you what? 
How do you even? Where are these people coming from? I don't know. Where Where do you trust somebody you met on Tinder to watch your kid? And I am very scared over the fact that it's just his wife just dropped dead in the kitchen. Yeah. But then he wanted to rub your stomach and pinch your ass and then ask for child care. After going on about how his child didn't have a mother. I don't know. This sounds very like... Oh yeah! Introduction to a move, a movie, or a show about how to get kidnapped and become an involuntary wife. Yeah. So wow, no. This one. (laughs) We met up at his place. He was making dinner for me. We were chatting on the couch when he stood up to excuse himself to the restroom. As he was walking away, he turned and mentioned the cameras all over his home. So don't steal anything. Then he pointed to a stack (sighs) of papers on the end table. I believe in honesty. That's my arrest record. Everything is right there. He went on his way. I considered leaving right then, but didn't. I did pick up that stack of papers. Holy shit. His arrest record was several pages long and spanned three states. Most of the arrests were for domestic violence. There were a couple involving weapons, some minor drug charges, and assault charges. He returned, and thank God my phone rang. I answered it even though I didn't recognize the number, had no idea who it was. I made it like it, I made like it was one of my daughters, and she needed to be picked up from somewhere immediately. I'll never know who was actually on the other end of that call, but I left this guy's home and never looked back. <laughs> I will admit, I casually ignored some red flags before our date, but the camera tail, I don't believe for a minute he had cameras everywhere, and the criminal history wouldn't allow me to ignore what I already felt. Hmm. Rightfully so, because mm-hmm. that's really weird first of all mm-hmm. i believe in the honesty policy i have cameras everywhere so don't steal what <laughs> here there's my there's all of my jail records everything you need to know about me my criminal history all out on the table literally read it go through it and if, <laughs> I am a and d- if he does have a camera he's gonna get to see your facial reaction as you flip the pages yeah and the fact that it's he's been arrested for domestic violence if anybody's ever been yeah. arrested for domestic violence there they have no chance zero no. i don't care there's domestic no, violence rape assault yeah, there's no there's no you know. i'm better now like that doesn't i don't care if they're mm-hmm. you know even the people that do legitimately go through therapy or anything and get better. I still don't trust you. It's right. happened once. Who's going to say you're never going to snap again? I don't care. You're, I'm not putting myself or anybody else in danger. Yeah. Because you've already done it once. You've yeah. crossed the line that you can never go back from. So yeah. that's yeah. just terrifying. Yeah. I told you about, you know, Amy, the girl who stabbed me. Can you yeah. imagine? Like, I, I, I told you that, like, uh, it was like five, six years ago. She sent me a fucking friend request on facebook oh yeah yeah you told me yeah i was like no (laughs) that's just asking for her to figure out where you live no shit i don't want a matching set oh yeah (laughs) well no that's even more terrifying because now you have children so it's not even like there's zero chance no yeah no it's just look you screwed up you screwed up look if i embezzled from one company that's it it's over I'm never going to get a job at another company where I can be in a position of money. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, that's it. That's the end of it. It's like being a failed marketer. I've, I've had friends who were marketers. They failed spectacularly in the companies that they worked for. Right. And those companies were, and they, and they can't put it on their resume, but they can't not because there'd be these big, huge gaps. And, and anybody who does their due diligence will see that they were marketing for these companies that failed and you were their marketer so it's like same thing no look the moment that you have domestic violence your dating life is over you know you know what you're gonna date you're gonna date somebody bigger meaner than you then you've got a chance 
<laughs> wow. What's next? Um, we'll end it. We'll end this part on this one. Okay. Um, so not entirely red flags, but just some small world things that made the, that first date the last one. For context, before the date, I picked him up. He was in a wheelchair. He lost his leg in a motorcycle accident a few years back and had recently had surgery on his leg because of bone spurs. Hmm. He normally has a prosthetic. We went out for breakfast. Everything seemed fine. No major issues with him. When it came time to pay, his card was declined. He called his dad, who was also his boss, to figure out why his paycheck hadn't been deposited. Conversation went back and forth and I ended up paying and he promised to pay me back. It totally wasn't a big deal. It happens. I get it. So we get back to my car and he made a comment about the last time he was around a RAV4 it was his motorcycle accident. He hit into one that was pulling out of a restaurant, and that's when he lost his leg. For some reason, mm. that triggered a memory of a conversation I had with my mom a while back about my aunt, who had the same car, which was totaled during an accident. <gasps> I was texting him and asked him a few more questions about the incident, about oh, the accident, no where it happened and such. Long story short, it was my oh, aunt my who was God. driving the car that pulled out of the restaurant, and he hit into. Oh. He was currently in the process of suing her because of it, despite the fact that he was going almost double the speed limit at the time and didn't even have his license. Needless to say, there was no second date, and he never did pay me back for breakfast. Well. Yeah, small world. Yeah. <laughs> really small world. What are the chances? That's seriously right. That's At that's least it wasn't like she hit him, because right. then that would have been like even worse. Yeah, or that it was her mom, like her mom, or somebody so close that like he's dating her to get to them type situation. Well, that would have been even worse. Oh, yeah. Just the level of awkward at the next yeah. family reunion there. So, wow. But, I mean, yeah, motorcycles drive reckless, and, and that's, oh, wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely crazy. So, we have a fun one today, and uh, I know my trucker friends are going to be interested in this one. And for those of you who don't know, Tesla has been in development and has approximately been five years behind um, on the development of the Tesla Semi which is now on the road and uh, it's made uh, a couple of them have made their inaugural trips and they have been shown to be spectacular failures and that sucks and he, for the record i like elon musk mm -hmm. i like him and like i like him in a lot of ways um i feel like he over promises and he tries to get his hands in too many things um, and this is kind of the, the offset of this now, seriously, six years ago, right? You could, you had, well, it was er, late five years ago, almost six years ago. Um, the Tesla semi was, semi was rolled out. Now I was personally excited about it because I got to, uh, carry the engines and batteries, um, from the plant where they were built at and into the Fremont plant where they were putting them together. Um, wasn't Fremont, it was actually Livermore. And I was pretty excited about that. And I knew what it was for and I was excited about that because I thought, hey, Tesla's gonna build a semi, this is gonna be great. And they, you put $20,000 down on it five and a half years ago and they, were, they said the next year they'd be out and they'd be out in production and you'd be able to have them. And drivers were excited. You're supposed to get 500 mile range, full load, being able to haul, you know, across the country, uh, mega charging stations that would allow you to charge um, for in, within 30 minutes and within five, you know, uh, and you could go 500 miles of charge. Sounded like a great deal. Plus, they had a million mile guarantee um, that nothing would go wrong in the truck for a million miles. Well, that's 
a which, big promise. Yeah, which was huge. And use it, utilizing regenerative braking, which a lot of truckers, we utilize what's called an engine brake. Um, so every time we were, you're braking, you are literally charging it up. And for those of us who go, you know, okay, we, we, get, we get that because we joke around with our fuel efficiency or how much fuel we're saving when we go down the hill at Laramie Pass knowing that we're losing it going up the hill in Laramie Pass or Donner Pass, or we can just go through a bunch of different places. But, you know, it was exciting to look at. It was small. It's smaller definitely than my Kenworth um, as far as the inside goes. It's made for basically a single driver. It's not made for teams. The truck's supposed to have, you know, its most advanced navigation system. He was saying it could be built there. And you know, genuinely was excited about it. Then it was, Hey, we're going to do the autonomous driving for these trucks and truckers all of a sudden weren't as excited, right? Truckers were, wait a second, these auto navigating trucks are going to put us out of work. However, this last week there are now, and you can go ahead and go look on the internet and I'll post up a couple on our Facebook page or on our Reddit page. I'll do both. Um, and I'll put an image up on the Instagram but we, the, the trucks have been failing. Number one, the inaugural trip that they were showing is showing what a huge success was this truck was, this truck had, was carrying about five tons. So about 10,000 pounds. Just to give you an idea, in my tractor trailer, I haul upwards of, I can haul up to 44,000 pounds in my trailer. And my money is based on how much I can carry at any given time. And they were carrying it with 5,000 pounds, and that's literally all they were going to be able to carry. And that's Le just like a box truck, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it literally looks like the whole load for the thing. You can't have more than 22,000 pounds. Wow. So literally less than half, well, about half of what I can carry in my tractor trailer. And, and here's what's important to understand. Tesla, these first trucks, they're keeping them for themselves. So... Frito-Lay, PepsiCo, these companies who have pre-orders and have placed pre-orders for 100 to 200 in their fleet aren't going to get them. They're not going to get delivered. So these first couple dozen trucks or whatever are just going for Tesla to, to work on Tesla's infrastructure. Meanwhile, truckers who put down $20,000 six years ago still don't have trucks because Tesla's doing their trucks first. They don't carry as much. Um, it looks like, and there's there's great guys who are actual physicists and do their math, um, showing the videos where it looks like the fuel the drive range is actually only about 250 miles on any kind of real load, and is going to because there's no mega charging stations, you can't charge them in a half hour. So we're talking about literally these things are going to be relegated to just being day cabs. That's it. So this big rollout and, and here's the big suck for all these guys who put in that $20,000 down payment. They can't get it back. So they're just stuck now out $20,000. No, they're going to have, I mean, they're going to, yeah, they're either going to be out $20,000. I imagine I, I'll, I can look further into it. They're either going to be out $20,000 or they're going to have to get this truck that is literally going to be, imagine if I could only drive in East Texas. No, I couldn't even awful. drive from Dallas to Laredo. Like that's. Could you I, even drive from Dallas to Houston? Um. Yeah. On a full load. 
oh no, not in a, in a full load. Mm, I, I'd be close. I would definitely have, and we had an electric vehicle, so we know how electric vehicles are. I would definitely have battery anxiety. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I mean, we have a hybrid now, and I mm-hmm. still like hate when I'm looking at the battery side of it going low. Yeah. Because I hate, I just don't like that. So I can't even. Ugh. Yeah. No, it's it's atrocious. It's literally it is. I'm sorry, Elon. There's so many things that I find you amazing in just your ambition, your 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 drive and things for. I'm not, you know, an, a Musk boy or whatever the heck they call it, Musk fan fanboy. Um, but you know, I admire a lot of things that, that you do. Um, my question is why didn't he go for a hybrid? Right. I just, our hybrid is extremely efficient. Absolutely. We use it to take the girls to and from school, to go to work, to go grocery shopping, to do all these things, especially when you're, you're not here and driving any of us Mm -hmm. anywhere. We still only fill that car up all the way to the top barely once a month yeah we can stretch it to a month and a half yeah oh i know why why are we not why are we going straight towards full electric why Mm -hmm. are we trying for hybrids because i feel like that would be so much more efficient because the way our hybrid works is we don't ever have to charge it yep i know that there are some that you have to charge still ours doesn't charge there is a trucking company out of canada and i actually follow them on tiktok and that's exactly what they build and that's exactly just, what they're building is they're, they're building hybrids. They're taking it one step further. They're utilizing the reuse method because they're building hybrids out of existing older model trucks. So they're getting amazing fuel efficiency. They're getting, you know, having great results. They're just slowed down more by their production ability of a small team than anything else. And, and I would have thought that Tesla would have looked at that and said, hey, maybe that's the way we need to go. They jumped into creating a day cab with a sleeper, basically. I just, it, I really just, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. We we have shown absolutely nothing that shows that we have the technology to haul something like what we do mm-hmm. with a battery right. completely and totally. Oh, no There's, way. We have, no haven't way. figured out for things yeah. to be efficient enough for that. Right. So I just feel like. Because we're getting to that, we're just now getting to a point where we're coming out with electric trucks and they're not even worth it, like regular mm-hmm. trucks. Yeah. So why are we going for tractor trailers that are going to be electric? Why aren't we trying for hybrids? We don't yeah. even have hybrid trucks. So what are we doing? Well, the problem is, is that people get so zealous, they, they don't think with math, right? I, I had somebody that was having a discussion with me like, well, you know, you, you know how the best thing you could do to make it even more efficient. And I was like, what's that? It's like, you could put solar panels on the top of your trailer. I go, well, number one, you don't realize how flimsy the top of a trailer actually yeah. is. Number then two, you're adding height to it. Yeah. And you're also, you're adding, you're talking about adding hundreds, if not thousands of pounds yeah. onto solar a trailer because the solar panels heavy. are not light. And for the amount of solar panels that you would need to be able to actually offset that, and again, not cheap. And the problem is without an actual infrastructure in place, you're still... I'm sorry, just thinking about it, Mm -hmm. real quick. It would be so much smarter to put a wind vane on anything (laughs) truck-related... Like, that would actually be I'd have you hanging out the window with a little parasol going... Come on, come on, charge up your phone. Yeah, you know for the, for the trailers that have reefers, mm-hmm. that would be smart. Yeah, well, there's, what, there's, what a solar. <laughs> there's so much that we can do in the world of efficiency, but the truth is, is that diesel is efficient. 
because it's power, right? I, I was laughing so hard when I watched the demo when he was actually doing the demonstration introducing the Tesla Semi, and I wanted to see it because I had delivered, again, the motors and the batteries for the thing. So, of course, I wanted to see it, right? And, and so I watched when, like, the big selling point was how fast the Tesla got up to speed versus how fast the diesel got up to speed. But the diesel is all about torque and power. You know, the diesel is, is, is about that long haul. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, but again, and then we come back to the, where is all that electricity coming from? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's where is the lithium coming from in the batteries? When we get into the environmental aspect of it, these are v- brand new vehicles that are, are designed to make other vehicles obsolete if, if, if you want my attention, like I said, this company in Canada, um, I'll definitely, I'll put them up on our social medias. Um, they are the people I go to, you know, they're the ones that I, that I'll, I'm looking at. It's like, I have two Kenworths when, when it comes time and those are paid off and, and we got those on the road, I would love to turn them into hybrids. Yeah. I would absolutely love it. I love the trucks, you know, they're great trucks. But the Tesla has failed. There's even a video. There's a there's a guy sitting there, and, and sure enough, on the side of the road, on the off ramp, there it is, a broken down Tesla. It is a semi. We don't know what was wrong with it. We know that the battery repair maintenance truck was out there. We know that a tow truck was out there, and we know that there was a Tesla semi dead on the side of the road on an off ramp, and it hasn't been out for a couple of weeks. That's ridiculous. So there's your launch. Your launch is is a bunch of Titanics. And it's like the things that we were worried about, don't need to worry about. And the things that they are talking about that they're most excited about, that they use an AutoCAD system to be able to design cup holders to hold multiple sizes of cups. <sighs> the wireless charging is there. You know, that Nobody kind cares. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no. You want to you want to impress me with wireless charging? Tell me there's a ten mile strip that I'm gonna drive over and and you know oh oh no I'll I'll finish this first. There's a ten mile strip that I'm gonna drive over that my truck is going to wirelessly charge while I'm driving. You know it would have to be more than ten miles though. It'd have to be like fifty miles of just yeah. just a lane dedicated for for Tesla trucks. To be able to do that. And with no mega chargers, that means no half hour charging. That means that you're talking about if you're under a full load going 250 miles, us only going 250 miles and then being stuck and stopped for six, eight hours minimum while the truck, while the the rig charged. There's nothing I could run. Yeah, I don't. No. It's it's absolutely. It's it's ridiculous to think about what what it is and what it has and it's you know the braking system uh must drove it out and the braking system didn't work it it herka jerked so hard that wow. it almost it looked like it almost tossed him out of his seat it's like mm, that's not exactly the way regenerative braking should work but okay <laughs> you know it's it's everything about these trucks is just it's fail and it's sad and it's it's sad and it's not sad all at the same time for truckers. It's like, okay. And the AI is completely gone. So there's, there's nothing there to it where originally they were talking about it being, 
you know, hey, you can be in the back changing into your work clothes, you know, for a dirty job while the truck's driving you safely down the road. Nope. Can't do that anymore. You know, and this this in a world where if, if people aren't watching the news, don't realize that massive electric vehicle recalls are going on. Um, more and more electric vehicles are catching fire every day. Because we're um, rushing into making yeah. them and we don't know enough. I just... Yeah, anything I mean, goes people wrong. People aren't taking in all of the normal contingencies of a car when they're thinking mm-hmm. about making electric vehicles. I mean, just the number one thing that always scares me is heat, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How hot cars get without being on and we're over here making electric vehicles mm-hmm. for places that don't always park cars in shade and then getting surprised when the car's too hot like well, my iphone sits in the sun for five minutes and it's like hey uh i can't run right now or else <laughs> you know we're gonna have some issues you need to you need to put me in the shade or i'm going to explode on you like it, it mm-hmm. gives you a warning right but we're going to make an entire electric vehicle and not take into account that it sits in the sun I right. just, there and, are so many things massive, like that. And the batteries are massive. Yeah. Like each battery for the series, they're all massive. It's, it's an incredible battery bank. It's not some little itty bitty thing. And my thought is, um, and I believe how oh, I'll, I'll, I'll find the article for it, but they were just talking about an electric vehicle and it might've been a Tesla. It might've been somebody else's, but it caught fire and the police department spent two and a half hours just deluging the entire vehicle with water before it went out. Yeah, that's you know, imagine insanity. two and a half hours just for a car to go out. And that imagine and the if truck it, one of those trucks caught fire. <sighs> yeah, that's it. I mean, you're you're talking about permanent road damage. You're talking about I mean, if you're in that truck, can you get out in time? You know? That's scary to think about. It's like they oh safety safety in mind. Safety is never in mind when lithium is involved. It's not safe. It's, it's lith- yeah, lithium is not safe, right, Samsung? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy to think about. But the trucks are, in, in my opinion, in in what I'm looking at, they're a catastrophic fail. And what sucks is, it's already had a detrimental effect on the trucking industry as a whole because Kenworth and Peterbilt and Mac, they're all redesigned. They've all been redesigning and tooling trucks to get into the, the electric phase of it all. And they're horrible looking trucks. They are, you know, I don't care if they're aerodynamic. If I, if I can't take pride in driving it, (laughs) what good is it for me? I take pride in my truck. I have my truck out front. I love that truck, even when I'm not in it, you know, and there's nobody who's going to be in that truck looking at it and loving it. And they're playing to the lowest common denominator. Yep. Frito-Lay will be able to run that truck. You'll be able to run bags of chips in those trucks in a day cab and be in a good situation and you'll be fine. You know, if they want, what they can do is they can have somebody meeting somebody and, and just doing trailer swaps. You know, so that they're able to get something across the country. But pretty soon you're going to realize that the manpower that you save doesn't offset the time that you lose and the weight that you lose. And how many years is it before it's actually worth it mm-hmm. in money right? to make them and everything? It's just how many loads does one Tesla truck have to run mm-hmm. for fuel efficiency, 
for all just everything that has to fall under that and when does it finally make zero and every electric vehicle driver knows this the faster that you charge a battery the faster that battery degrades Mm -hmm. so think about it you're okay you use an l1 which can take a day to charge something an l2 which can take six to eight hours to charge something um you you go up from there and basically cut the time in half so in order to get for this massive battery bank to be able to charge in a half hour you you have to imagine what kind of deteriorative damage that you are doing and if tesla said hey you know what no part of that million miles covers the life of the battery and we say in in five years you'll have 80 percent of the battery that would make it make sense but i guarantee you that's not going to be the case because you cannot make money doing that there's no way tesla's going to be profitable at that so truckers in every forum every group that i'm a part of i'm going to definitely be sharing this one but you have nothing to worry about our jobs are secure i literally for a long while (laughs) it literally was one of those oh my gosh you don't know who your opponent is you know think of a boxing match you don't know who your opponent is and then out walks this emaciated kid who said that they watched two youtube videos on how to become a professional boxer (laughs) and you've been in the game for seven years you got a 38 no record you know you're yeah. just kind of like, really? Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh. I was worried about this. <laughs> or when you, when, when, when you dump somebody, or you not even when you dump somebody, when you're dating somebody, then you meet their ex or see their ex, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what, that was my competition? <laughs> That's, That's what, what I was I worrying than? about. Yeah, absolutely. So... But I mean, the industry is just everything everywhere has has been crazy. Um, I think the count now for food processing plants that have burned down, had fires, um, shut down, and it's up to it's in the 40s now, you know, so it's it's just getting it's getting crazy out there. Truckers are already struggling to find loads and to get loads. And on top of that, you know, your shelves are the end consumer's shelves are empty. And a big chunk of that is at all at the same time, all of these places are catching fire while we're looking at an economic downturn and it's scary. And now, and I don't know if you've, you've seen this in the news, but now power stations, so power relay stations and power plants, they're being shot and they're going out and knocking out power for tens of thousands of people. You heard about this? No. Yeah. It's going on all over the country and I'm sitting there going, you know, and then and then this was I was reading about this heavy last week. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, why aren't we addressing this? Why aren't we talking about this? There are literally people out there that are shooting transformers and power plants and knocking these power plants out where people like, literally it's up to tens of thousands of people now have lost power and been without power. And it's crazy, you know, and then, oh, the thing I was going to say, and I'm, I'm going to backtrack because I, I just forgot about this was on the Tesla side of things, how are they going to, you know, California is expected to be the big recipient of the Tesla, these Tesla trucks, Mm -hmm. but people are being encouraged not to charge their electric vehicles in California right now. Why? Because there's not enough power in the power grid. California has basically eliminated the ability of so many trucks to be in there. Cab overs aren't allowed in California anymore. Right. 
their their air emission has gone, their emission requirements have gone through the roof where truckers are like, what the heck? Then if you do business in California as a trucker, they want you as an employee for somebody. So a lot of those companies aren't willing to bring you on or even run loads for you. And now they, you know, people with electric vehicles are being encouraged not to charge their electric vehicles because the grid can't handle it. How would Tesla be able to build a mega station? So what you're saying is, is that if Elon Musk wants to make a difference, first he needs to solve our power crisis. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely a whole lot that he could be doing to make sure and ensure that Texas doesn't lose power again if we get another freeze. Yeah. To make sure that California isn't losing power and that everybody out there with their fancy little Teslas can actually charge them. Mm-hmm. And anywhere else that's having the same issues. Mm-hmm. Before and introducing something that would also need power that we can't support. Oh, and by the way, the new the new updated 250-mile range for the Tesla tr- semis, mm. side note, is based on a truck driving 60 miles an hour. So literally everything about this is just, it's not, there's no world where it's worth it. <laughs> I, <laughs> where, California was the last time I drove anything 60 miles an hour, and that's because there was a cop on the side of the road. Like, I don't uh, just, yeah, no, it, it's horrible. And then you think about, again, these power stations, um, there's Oregon. Uh, I know the Oregon one put like 20,000 people without power. It's like, could you imagine if you were up there in a Tesla semi and there was no power? You know, what are you going to do? You know, that we have these plants. Know. They can't, they can't deliver, they can't deliver canned foods. I mean, we as truckers, we know, oh, hey, we're told, oh, this load is going to be 40,000 pounds. The first red flag for us is when somebody tells us that something is a round number, okay? They tell you that it's, hey, we're going to give, we're going to load 40,000 pounds of broccoli onto your trailer. What does that mean? How many pounds of broccoli are they going to load on our trailer, Kiki? I don't know. How many pounds of broccoli did they load on their trailer that we had to deal with? It was 43,000 pounds and then 2,000 pounds of ice, remember? I didn't, I didn't know the okay. specifics. Yeah, so it was 45,000 pounds that we had on that. And these trucks can't even handle 20,000 pounds. So, I, wow. Yeah, they're there. And then, you know, we've got uh, every day in the news, now we've got truckers that are going to jail for smuggling people, smuggling drugs. You know, we've got people who are just wrecking right and left, you know, and the and like I said, those insurance fires for those plants just tell you what's going to happen. It's like those are the people who are like, hey, the while things are still up. But I had I, we, we had a trailer that we had to carry. We literally remember we had the trailer. We had the load that we carried to Oregon and then we carried that exact load back to Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and that was just, they were just shifting it for the sake, because literally doing it as an insurance loss is what the company was doing it for. And I mean, hey, it's their company. They can do whatever they want. But everybody's, it's just everything that we're looking at. It's just, it's a hunker down time, you know, truckers and, and truckers can't unite right now. So, but every, but the big thing everybody was worrying about was what was going to happen when these automated Tesla trucks come out. And there's always these smart asses in all of our groups who were sitting there going, oh, the Tesla, the Tesla semi is going to change everything. It, it is going to change everything. Eventually, if it sticks to it, 
if it exists before Elon Musk is dead. Let's yeah. be honest. We are not advanced enough yet. And with all the research and things that they're putting out, mm-hmm. it's just... I. And, Tesla and started off with things that were supposed to change the normal person's day-to-day life. The Tesla itself was mm-hmm. supposed to be this amazing thing. Everybody could afford one. Everybody could have one. Electric vehicles yeah. would change the world. When they came out, they were amazing. They were affordable, and everybody liked them. They weren't a matter of status. Yeah, but you know, now they were... nobody has them but the people that work in the government. Like yep. I never see them anywhere anymore unless they're parked at our courthouse or at the courthouse annex or anything like that i never mm-hmm. see one at the local grocery store no i'm not seeing charging stations being put up all over the place like yeah we live in a small town in east texas but we are still eighteen thousand people closer to nineteen thousand, and there are no charging stations yeah. because nobody has those kinds of vehicles we moved out here with our electric vehicle mm-hmm. there is nowhere out here to charge our electric vehicle there except was also here no at our way house. to drive out here in our yeah. electric vehicle so, so it's just we're not he's not changing the world world he's mm-hmm. not doing anything that he said he was going to do the things that right. we, he originally showed up to do they're not happening anymore where's the hyperloop the tunnel he, he stopped it's basically feels like it stopped yeah spacex hey awesome with spacex right i mean the rockets that was the biggest one of the biggest costs was those rockets just falling into the ocean if you were lucky i mean if, if everything went right they fell into the ocean right but now it's like you know, those those are there, but I as did I, I wonder if they even got a trucker to look at this stuff. And it's you know, I'm that unique place where I'm a trucker, but I'm also a degreed business major, you know, that comes from the industry, understands logistics and, and looks at all of this and goes, None of it made sense. And I said this when it first came out, if you remember. I said it it I'm not worried about it. Some, it just doesn't sound right. Things don't seem right about this truck. Now, don't get me wrong. The Nikola truck, oh, that was even worse. That was another quote-unquote semi that ended up that it was being towed in every demo that they did of it. It was, it was a scam of a truck that just got caught quicker. And this one's out, but it's not performing with what you know Musk said it was going to be. And it's like, and with the infrastructure, I feel so bad. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can look up to see how many people have reserved this truck, you know, and, and five years ago, the economy was great. Five years ago, I get it. $20,000 for me. I'd be like, okay, that's a week. (laughs) I'm like, I'll, I'll put 20,000 bucks down to have one of these things. And I, I contemplated it, but I never like to be the first out of the gate. Because the first out of the gate is always the biggest problems. This the electric vehicles that, you know, the current administration was trying to be like, oh, these things are great and we're going to use these. And they bought all of them. They all got recalled. You know, it's just it's it's nuts to see where everything's at. I'm I'm, you know, I encourage our truckers to hang on. We're going to get through this. We've had to go through this before. It's not anything new. But, you know, when you're cut, even if you've been cut before, it still hurts. Right. Mm-hmm. So with that, we just have to hold tight together. Remember that we are a brotherhood and a sisterhood and the family. And, you know, at the end of the day, those of us who aren't having to drive internationals, we're in good shape. <laughs> but we're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining us for our afternoon dive. 
And again, I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And peace out with your peace out. Bye. Bye.